Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Hey gents. Welcome to another episode of Apex Masculinity, a high-performance men's coaching outfit designed to help you show up strong in every area of life. Raising the bar in fatherhood, marriage, finance, business, health, and all things manly. Gentlemen, let's begin. Hey, gents, welcome back to Apex Masculinity. You're in the right place. I'm your host, Nick Chantos. Guys, today's episode is the continuation of confidence in 2022. Enjoy. Hey, guys, Nick Chantos here with Apex Masculinity Podcast. Just wanted to jump on here real quick and finish off round two. Hopefully we get it all in the second episode. If not, we'll do three rounds on self-confidence. If you listen to the first episode that we put out yesterday on self-confidence, I gave a precursor to those that are watching on the YouTube channel, letting you know that I got a ton of notes right here. And I'm going to be referring to those notes that I can stay on track and stay on point and try to deliver as much value added content to you as I can. Um, so I don't want you to think it's disingenuine or unorganic if I'm looking at this piece of paper every once in a while, but I want to make sure that everything that I've got written down on why self-confidence is so important for you, especially breaking into 2022, why you need to be confident, have your self-esteem levels up, your self-worth, your self-image, your self-respect. These are the tools that are going to take you further in life, and I want to see you win. So we'll just get right into it here. Confident people have the ability to perform under stress. Confident people don't panic when things get difficult. They remain composed. They remain resolved in their endeavor to win. Let me give you an example. We all go through stressful times in life, right? And it's funny how the things that we deal with today, at least for me, almost seem like they were things that would have just completely broke me 10, 15, 20 years ago. But over the course of my life, because I go through these stressful seasons in my life, I'm building endurance in myself to weather those stressful times and be able to stay on point and perform well under stress, right? So just in my own personal life as example, and, you know, these might seem trivial to some of you going through some, you know, um, more stressful things than I went through, but just little things like I lost my wallet back in November, right? And if you've ever gone through that, man, it's a headache, you know, it's gotten a lot easier from when we were younger, but I lost my debit card, I lost my wallet, I lost my social security, all of that stuff was lost, I had to turn off my debit card, had to go to the DMV, had to get a new driver's license, I went to the driver's license place and found out that just days before I lost my wallet and my license, that I had an outstanding warrant for a ticket in Arizona from 2001, right? So basically 20 years ago, a ticket that I got that finally caught up with me that I forgot to pay or go to court on. And because of that, they were placing a hold on my CDL license, right? So basically I was uh, not, 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 not suspended. No. Yes. Yeah, suspended, not revoked, but I was like on a suspended license. Now driving a truck is what I do for a living, right? Like I drive specialized equipment in the oil fields here in North Dakota. And like, I had to call my boss and tell him, look, my license is suspended. I've got to call these people in Arizona and get this thing figured out. So there was a season where I actually wasn't able to work. I lost revenue. Um, at the same time, like all of the undercarriage on the front end of my truck, things like shots and strokes, stabilizing arms, and all this stuff on my truck went out. I had to go and get all that fixed. That was like 2,500 bucks to get all that repaired with new shocks and everything. Um, we went on vacation to Colorado over the holidays. And when we got back, after I had gotten my truck fixed, two weeks we were gone, I went to start my truck. And because it's so cold up here, the battery was shot. It like froze the battery. So again, I had to call my boss like, Hey man, I got to take care of my truck. Go get my truck fixed, get a new battery. My wife's doing laundry and the panel for the dryer breaks off. I mean, it was just like one thing after another was going on and confident people don't panic when they go through those stressful seasons, when they go through stress in their marriage, 
when they go through stressful seasons raising their kids, you know, because your kids hit these certain benchmark age groups uh, where where they start acting different, you know what I mean? And you got to deal with attitudes and rebellion and these different things, or your kids start getting involved in things that they shouldn't get involved in. And man, you got to jump on that. You got to attack that situation and get it taken care of, you know, whether it's in your finances or your health, right? Like um, a week before Christmas, both my wife and I ended up getting COVID. She's a school teacher and uh, one of those lovely little children brought it to the classroom and my wife ended up getting it and she was sick for a couple of days. They let her go uh, because of, of a positive COVID test. A couple of days later, her teacher's aide got it. They let her go. A couple of days later, the substitute they hired to replace her got it. They let her go. A couple of days later, five kids tested positive for it, and they ended up shutting the whole first grade down. I mean, it was like a stressful time. So my wife's on vacation, but she's still got to manage like all of this stuff with work and everything. And it's good. It's good to know that life happens, right? And people expect, like when that, when those kind of things happen to someone else, are you judgmental against them because they're going through a stressful season? Most of us aren't. Most of us are like, wow, that that person or that family is under the ringer right now, so we're going to give them grace and give them space while they go through that. But somehow we neglect to believe that other people are going to afford and give us that grace when we're going through stressful seasons. And it's to be expected. Confident people don't panic. They remain composed during the stressful seasons. Confident people don't make moves out of fear, right? I don't know if you've ever been there, but you get hit with some financial stuff. Like I ended up going to the ER twice back in October for some stuff, just some basic stuff. But um, it was over the weekend and there was nowhere to go. And I needed to go get seen right away kind of a thing. And of course, ER bills are outrageous. And, um, you know, we're in a good financial spot these days, but there's been times in my life when I wasn't. And I know there's a lot of people out there that when they get hit financially, rather than staying calm, not panicking, not being moved by fear, they stay composed and they avoid places like payday loan places. You know, you don't when you go through a financial season and you got bills to pay, you don't go borrow money at like 17 percent interest to pay your bills because that's just going to end up being another bill. Right. We don't make moves out of fear. Confident people don't allow themselves to become mentally defeated, right? Some of us are really skilled at what we do in life. And we can go through those stressful seasons and continue to stay on the wheel or the wagon, so to speak, and continue to perform and continue to function almost to the point where nobody even knows that we're going through a stressful season. But internally within us, within our own minds, we get to this very defeated place mentally. Negative self-talk begins, hopelessness begins. We start thinking there's no way out. This is never going to end. And when you get into that place, man, the cortisol levels, the stress levels are going up and you can find yourself wanting to engage in activities that are going to offset cortisol by releasing dopamine in your brain. And that's never a good thing too, because most of those, most of those activities are usually addictive or have negative consequences to your health. You know what I'm saying? Confident people remain resolved. They don't panic. They don't make moves out of fear. And they don't allow themselves to become mentally defeated. Even during the stressful times, they fight hard to stay positive in their mindset because they know that it's just for a season. Trials and tribulations are seasonal. They're never permanent, right? You're either in one, going through one, like you're going through one, coming out of one, or just getting ready to go into one. But they're seasonal. And you need to remember that. Like you're going to come out of this soon and everything's going to temper down and mellow down and you're going to have some breathing room again. Don't make decisions now under the stress that are going to cost you more stress down the road. Okay, moving on. Confident people have the ability to influence others, right? People are always looking for confident leadership, even confident leaders. Let me explain. Even people that carry themselves with a sense of confidence and, and stoicism and leadership, we all know people like this in our life, even those people, when they are influencing others around them, those people themselves are actually looking up from themselves to find some confident leadership that they can get under, that they can emulate, that they can have influence them. Confident people have the ability to 
not manipulate, but influence other people to make good decisions. This is for the purpose of bringing out the best in other people. People, most people, now we all know people that are just stuck in negativity and toxicity, but most people want to level up. They want to level up in their confidence. They want to level up in all the hats that they wear in their marriage, how they raise their kids, how they show up at work, in their health, in their spiritual walk, whatever that is, in their personal growth and development. Most people are open to the idea at the very least or actively involved in wanting to level up. And when you and I are confident, we have the ability to emulate that confidence in a way that influences other people and causes those people to see a shining light, a shining example of someone that's doing and being what they want to be, doing what they want to do. And it gives them the courage, right, to stay on that confidence building track. It gives them the courage to stay on that personal growth and development track. Confident people have the ability to influence other people in order to bring out the best in those people. Listen, perfection is not a requirement to confidence. Perfection is not a requirement to influence. You don't have to be a perfect person to be able to influence somebody in a positive way, right? Um, there are guys and gals that I know that the YouTube channel and the podcast and the book and uh, any, 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 any coaching that I do with people, which usually happens at work, all of those things have a positive impact in the lives of other people, whether to a small degree or to a greater degree. Um, it can cause people to be called to action, to start making decisions for themselves and, and start moving forward in their own life. It can cause people to get real serious, you know, and really start nailing down some like addictive things that they're dealing with or issues in their marriage. But you and I, sometimes if we're not careful, we can have this mindset that tells us because we're not completely perfect, that we don't have the right nor the authority to try to influence other people. And that's a lie. I want you to know that, right? Any life coach out there will tell you that. Listen, I'm walking my road of becoming the best version of myself. I'm this far ahead on that journey. I don't have to be at the finish line in order to say, okay, now I've arrived. Now I can reach back into the lives of someone else and try and help them. You help as you go, right? We help people. We influence people as confident people. We influence people on the journey of our own personal growth and development. The next thing I have on my list here is that confident people have the ability to negotiate. Listen, you and I have to know how to express our why with intelligence. You have to know what your why is. Why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why are you trying to become a life coach? Why are you trying to have a good marriage? Why are you trying to, why are you trying to raise exceptional first-class kids? Why are you trying to get out of debt and manage your finances? Why are you trying, right, to get your, your, your health and fitness under control? Why are you trying to move up the ladder at your job or on your career? What's the purpose? Once you sit down and you figure out what your why is, right, you need to be able to express that why to other people in a way that allows other people to understand that you want to move forward and that you want to move up. Let me give you some basic examples here, right? Let's say you got two toxic people in a relationship, in a marriage, for example, right? And, you know, they're together. They're, most days are good. You know, some days are not. There's no fire, there's no passion, there's no intimacy, there's nothing really going on per se, and it's just the doldrums. We're just stuck on the ocean, no waves, no wind to push this thing, and one person in that relationship has the epiphany, right? The light bulb comes on that tells them, look, my marriage is failing, and um, I don't want it to end in disaster, and I'm aware that I need to work on myself. But I also need to let my partner know that I want this to work and that I'm concerned and that I notice things in my own self as well as them that I think we need to work on to get our marriage to a good place. A confident person knows how to express their why, knows how to negotiate, so to speak, and go to their spouse and say, look, I'm, I feel like I'm feeling here, 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 and here. And... I need to work on these things because I care about our marriage. I want our family to succeed, right? 
flip the coin over and let's look at the work example. You may have a why to want to move through the ranks at work, but if you don't let anybody know that, you don't put that out there with intelligence, you know, express your why with intelligence. Like, look, I want to move through the ranks here at the company because I'm grateful for the wages that I make. I'm grateful for the work that I'm able to do. I'm grateful to be a part of a thriving, vibrant company. And I want to be a part of what we're doing beyond what I'm currently doing now. Oftentimes, if you don't say anything, you don't express your why with intelligence on why you want to move forward, nobody's going to know, right? Because nobody's a mind reader. Confident people have the ability to, to get the courage to go to the right people and explain to them, look, this is what I'm trying to achieve. It's important to me. How can we get there? How can we get me there? How can we get us there, so to speak, right? Confident people have the ability to yield gracious and smart. So um, I, this is never the problem with me, right? But sometimes people are wrong. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> right? But sometimes we're wrong in life. Sometimes we, you know, we didn't process information correctly. We made the wrong choice. We, you know, um, put ourselves in a situation where we have to eat crow pie, basically, and look at the fact that some decisions that we made, whether it was in our marriage or at work or in any arena of life, didn't work out correctly and actually caused trauma or damage or trouble or set us back or whatever the case may be. And when someone comes to you and confronts you about things that you've done that were wrong or incorrect, confident people know how to yield graciously to truth. It's usually unconfident people that are ego-driven and pride-driven. When I say ego and pride, I'm talking about, um, you know, there's negative ego and negative pride where I can't let anybody see my faults. I can't let anybody see my mistakes. If somebody's going to correct me on something, you know, I want to be above reproach and I can't let myself be seen as making mistakes because I guard that part of me. So when someone tries to correct me for something I've clearly done wrong or a mistake that I've clearly made, I got to stand up for myself and create this drama scene where I defend myself. And, you know, those can get out of control. They can get you know, you can disrespect people or whatever, but a confident person, because they're confident within themselves, knows people make mistakes. I've clearly made a mistake here, and I'm going to own up to it. And we talked about this on the last episode, where sometimes people will try to take advantage of you and like really browbeat you and be disrespectful. We don't need to embrace that, but we do need to be able to own our mistakes when we make them. A confident person can own their mistakes and get up and move on like nothing ever happened. You made it right. It's time to go forward. Confident people have the ability to understand other people's needs, right? It's not just you. You know, there were years in my life where I actually lived that way. My mindset was I'm the only real person on this planet. Like not really, not, not really this detailed, but we kind of get in this mode of life where like you don't realize that other people uh, have families. Other people have their own dreams, goals, and ambitions. Other people are trying to make their way financially. Other people are trying to live their life. And if we're not careful, we can think we're the only real person on the planet, right? And everybody else was just created to like serve us or, you know, uh, be a part of our dream, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, it's your dream. I'm just in it kind of a thing. A confident person understands that other people are real people with real problems, real dreams, real goals, real ambitions. And they're willing to like network and work with those people to, to help those people get on their way, right? And we wanna avoid the, obviously the mindset and the attitude, but also the appearance of being self-centered and selfish, right? We wanna be the kind of person that can stop and realize, you know what? It's not about me all the time. It's not about me all the time. Like I've got to invest into other people. Like I've got to, the way I engage people in conversation, you know, checking on people and calling people that maybe you haven't talked to in a while and letting them know that you care about them and asking them if there's things going on in their life that you could offer and assist with or anything by way of advice, you know? And uh, it shows a level of confidence when you can slow down and invest into other people. Confident people have the ability to use their whole person as power. I want you to 
think about this one. And again, as we mentioned on the last one, it'd be really cool if you could take notes that way you can go back over these and kind of see which ones you excel in, uh, which ones you need to maybe give a little work, work towards as you go into the new year. But confident people have the ability to use their whole person as power, right? Your body language, the way you carry yourself. Um, I don't, I don't, none of us ever want to be the kind of person that just, you know, talks about people behind their back. So with that said, no names being mentioned, tongue in cheek kind of a thing. But here, here a while back, we had a guy that was working with us. And I mean, anytime that guy was on your crew, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I got to deal with this guy right now, head down all the time, everything's wrong, kind of that Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street, something's wrong with everything always kind of mentality, walked around like, five miles slower than everybody else is walking, dra like dragging a bum leg behind him because like, I'm just not interested in this. This is an, work is an inconvenience to me. And cyn cynical, like really cynical, like there was really something wrong with everything. And uh, you take a person like that, that person's not going to get any respect anywhere they go. That person is clearly demonstrating with their body language that they have absolutely no self-confidence, self-esteem, self-image, or self-worth, right? But a confident person, you know, they, 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 have, a, they have a way about them, like a, like a stoic look to them. And it's not, it's not uh, fake, so to speak. They've got their head up, not in arrogance and pride, but in confidence. They got their shoulders back. The way they walk lets the world around them know I am completely comfortable in my own skin. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. And you want people to know that, right? For all these other reasons that we mentioned, for example, like the ability to influence others. That guy I was talking about at work a few months back, that's no longer with us. That guy's not influencing anybody. And if he is, he's going to influence them negatively, right? I want you to be able to influence people. I want you to be able to carry yourself everywhere you go with your head up and your shoulders back with a healthy sense of self-confidence. I want you to love yourself. I want you to believe in yourself. And I want the world to see that and to know it for no other reason than for them to know that you are a confident person, not only with their body language, but with their voice, right? We've all seen someone talk like, We've had meetings before at different places where I worked and someone will ask a question and they got their head down and they're kind of whispering and they're, you know, kicking rocks, not really, not, not really making themselves be heard. You know what I mean? Everybody in the room can kind of tell uh, that this guy has no confident power within him, so to speak. And I'm not saying we talk over people. I'm not saying, you know, uh, when someone else mentions something, we pick them apart in a public setting and make them look stupid. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about with your tone of voice, when you speak, you need to speak in a way to where people know, hey, this guy's talking now, we need to listen, so to speak. That's going to help you long term. It's going to help the way people see you. And again, the main primary focus of this is so that you can be confident. But I guarantee you that if you're working on your body language and you're working on your tone of voice and the way you speak and when you speak and thinking before you speak, you know, right? Saying more by saying less, you know, right? You measure your words and your tone is right. People are going to begin to respect you and admire and look up and see that confidence that's bleeding out from you. And you'll find people almost in a sense submitting themselves to your confidence so that they can learn and they can grow. I want to see that for you. Also with their ideas, their tone of voice, their body language, and their ideas. Confident people, as we said a second ago, they think before they speak, their words are measured, right? They've processed all this before they open their mouth. And when they give ideas towards something, you want to make sure that your ideas, and again, things aren't always going to be perfect, right? That's the that's the purpose of having those uh, roundtable discussions so that you can uh, have ideas come out and people can, you know, not pick them apart, so to speak, but they can question uh, maybe things that you didn't see about your ideas. And if you don't think before you speak, sometimes your ideas can have so many holes in them that people can't help but just pick apart what it is you're talking about, what it is you're trying to say. You want to make sure that your ideas, that the things that you're bringing to the table by way of communication are on point. 
that they meet the need, that their value added content so that people can be blessed by it, so that people can be encouraged and influenced in a positive way. And when that happens and you notice that, when you notice that other people value your ideas, it's going to help you go grow confidence because you're going to sense that. You're going to be like, okay, I've arrived at this place where people value what I have to say. Next thing, confident people have the ability to be positive, right? Confidence feels good. Confidence makes you feel fulfilled in life. It creates a positivity. Listen, confidence is actually a power that can be transmuted into energy. We'll get into that later. But what I want to talk about right now is that confidence will make you feel good as a person. There's really, there's really, uh, you know, nothing more to add to that statement other than to say we've all met that person that's lacking in self-confidence and self-esteem. And it seems like they're constantly in this displeased place with themselves, right? They're not happy with themselves with the life that they're living, the choices that they're making, the influence that they're having, the results that they're getting, because there's no self-confidence there. Self-confidence actually helps you make right decisions and live right. And when you're making right decisions and living right, you feel happy and fulfilled as a result of that. It actually helps you stay in control. When you're confident, you feel in control of your life. Think about that with me for a minute. The person that's not confident, they're not making good decisions. They're not living right. It seems like there's always a fire going on in their life that they need to put out. And it's something beyond them, whether it's things that they've done that have caused these fires or things that other people are doing or just the world we live in is causing these fires. They constantly feel like they don't have control of their life. And that will not lead to happiness. But a, const, a confident person, because of the way they live their life, the decisions that they make, the influence that they have, they know they're having impact, and they basically feel as though life is a chessboard, and they're putting the pieces out and making the right moves in advance to get a desired outcome in life that they want, rather than being affected by life. Confident people often affect life around them. And when you live that way, it feels like you're driving. It feels like you're in control. And when you feel in control, it just leads to increased levels of self-confidence and self-esteem. Confident people have the ability to feel valued as a person, okay? Again, using the other side of the coin, an unconfident person even though, and we discuss, again, we discussed this on the last episode, that sometimes unconfident people can do great things. Like there's people that I work with now that I know struggle in their self-confidence and their self-esteem, their self-image and self-worth. But because they're highly skilled at what they do, because they've been doing it for so long, they are able to accomplish great things. Like they bring value to the table. But because they're struggling in their self-confidence, they don't recognize the value that they're bringing. So they think they're failing. They think they're underperforming. And I'm, obviously, if they're not confident, there's room to grow. But even when they're doing well, they're second-guessing themselves often. A confident person is able to stop and diagnose what they bring to the table in any arena of life. Let me give you an example. Okay, we'll use my wife in this one. <clears throat> Excuse me. My wife is just awesome all the way around, right? She's working a full-time job as a first grade teacher. She's going back to college online to get a master's degree. She works hard to make sure there's nutritious food on the table for me and the kids. She works hard to make sure this house is clean all of the time. She's a good friend. She lives clean and lives right. She's a virtuous woman. And she's a support pillar for me um, as I go through life, right? So an unconfident person in a relationship like that, they may look exactly like my wife and bring all of that to the table because they're not confident. They're not aware of what they're bringing to the table. 
but my wife being a confident person is able to stop, take a breath, diagnose her life and what she brings to the table and know that she is bringing a tremendous amount of value, not only to my life, but to the kids, to the school where she works, to the parents of those kids that she's teaching, to those little first graders that she is teaching how to read and write and do math and all that stuff. And when you're able to see the good that you affect in the world, when you're able to see and know the positive contribution that you're bringing to the world, it helps your confidence levels increase. But you it's almost like the cart before the horse. You have to have a healthy sense of confidence in yourself before you can even realize what you're bringing. And then once you realize what you're bringing, it only encourages you to have more confidence because you realize you're, you're realizing that you're performing well and you're adding value wherever you are. Confident people have the ability to know and understand the value that they bring. They know what they bring to the table. They have a healthy sense of their own self-worth and their value. Confident people have the ability to climb ladders and move forward. Again, this is when we're going to put our career lenses on, right, guys? Confident people have the ability to climb ladders and move forward. Years ago, I worked for this company down in New Mexico, and it was at a power plant. It was at an old coal-fired power plant. And I had just showed up with these guys. It was during the recession. It was about an hour drive from the house to get to this place, but it was really the only work out there. If you, some of you older guys remember the recession, I mean, like a third of the economy just fell off. I mean, there was no construction, truck, like truck driving, like all these, all of these things were just gone basically. And it took a couple of years for us to kind of pull out of that. But this job opportunity opened up to work at the power plant. And I was like all over that. I got to feed my family, right? I got to go do something. So when I got there, I didn't know anything about the job, right? But because my confidence levels were healthy, nowhere near what they are today, but no, but my confidence levels then were nowhere near what they were 30 years ago either. Like there had been improvement. There had been growth in my self-confidence. I was able to show up, do my job effectively, believe in myself, this company had basically the ladder climbing schedule out. Like if you learned this trait, this aspect of the job, you could move forward. Once you did that, if you moved up and learned this aspect of the trade, you can move forward. And because my confidence levels were healthy, I was able to set those benchmark goals. All right, look, I got to learn how to run this sandblasting equipment. I've got to learn. And then I did. And I got a raise. Now I got to learn how to run this hydroblasting equipment. And I did. And I got a raise. Now I got to learn how to manage this piece of equipment. And I did, and I got a raise. Now I got to learn how to run a crew. And they started giving me a couple guys and a couple trucks to run. And I did. And before it was all said and done, and it happened fast, like almost eerily fast, how it happened. I found myself in a shift supervisor position with this place where I actually had 40 guys under me, 10 CDL trucks, 10 four-man crews, and I was responsible for this huge power plant, all these guys working, and I would just go check on them. And I wasn't like doing the labor anymore, but I was managing and fielding problems and situations and helping these 10 crews of 40 guys get their work done. And I made more money at that job than I had ever made in my life up to that point. When your confidence levels are healthy, you see the goal in front of you. You know what you need to do, and you can put focus on it. And when you get there, you know how to go to the right people and say, look, you put a prerequisite out for me to learn this. I've learned it. I'm ready to move forward. And sometimes unconfident people will think that their boss doesn't want to hear that, that your boss doesn't want you to go into his office and say, hey, I'm exceptional. I need a raise. I'm exceptional. I need a promotion. I'm exceptional. I need more responsibility. In fact, in most cases, your boss is actually desperately looking for that, right? Even if you go into his office and don't get the promotion, at least he knows that you're ambitious and you care and you have it on your sights, like you want to get to that place. And every time I hit those benchmark goals, I, I, I'd go into the office and be like, hey, now what's next? You know, what, what do I need to learn next? What do I need to do next? How can I move? How can I, 
How can I surge through the ranks here and add more value and have more responsibility and obviously earn better pay for it, right? A confident person has the ability to climb ladders and move forward in any area of life. And you can, you can switch that over to your marriage, to your parenting, to how you manage your money, to how you manage your health, all of that. Put benchmark goals in front of you and hit those goals and then set another one, right? So I just joined back up with the gym. When I got out of prison back in uh, 2004, man, I was swole. I was cut, man. I was, uh, that was that was the biggest muscle-wise I'd ever been in my life, right? Obviously, because I just spent the last, you know, year and a half in prison hitting weights and whatnot. But I got out, man, and I kind of got off track for a little bit, you know, learning how to live life on the outside, you know, I got married, all these different things. And I started working out again back in 2010. And I did that for a while, man, because I have muscle memory, all that came back real fast, you know, and it felt good, right, to hit those benchmark goals and get my health, my fitness and my nutrition in, in order again. And then, of course, the move to North Dakota and learning a new trade. And now I've got kids and all these different things. And I'm not to totally not making excuses. If you want it, you will go and get it. If it's important to you, you will go and get it. But uh, just recently starting this life coaching program with uh, with Joel Hossenrader from Wayfinders for Life. Uh, he's part of the ULA guys and he does the ULA curriculum and program and whatnot. And one of the one of the F's on there is fitness. And I just had to make the decision. I want to climb ladders in my fitness. Right. And it wasn't just I want to do this and I need to. I'm sure it'll come around at some point. It was like, no, get off your ass and do something about this. So I joined a gym, a real affordable gym, fantastic place. There's never a lot of people there. It's, it's even got a lot of the old school weight, weight equipment that we had on the prison yard back in 2003 and whatnot. So like, I feel like I'm right at home, whatnot, but man, already, man, six packs coming back, shoulders are starting to bulge out, uh, gut lines getting a little trimmer, you know, and I know that when I go back in to see the doctor in another three months, my triglyceride levels are going to be down because I set those benchmark goals and I'm climbing that ladder in my fitness, right? Whenever I hit the gym, it's 20 minutes on the treadmill and then I hit the weights. Well, I just recently bumped it up to 25. Then I bumped it up to 30, right? 30 minutes on the treadmill so I can get my cardio up. And you gotta constantly have these benchmark goals and ladders in your life, in your marriage. Where do you wanna see your marriage at six months from now? What do you got to do to get there? What benchmark goals do you need to set for yourself? Do you need to start dating your wife again? Right? I know, I know, I know personally in my own situation, and uh, my wife would probably be not, not upset with me, but uh, maybe feel guilty, maybe feel guilty for me mentioning that this is an aspect of who she is. But, but one, but, but it's a reality though. When I got to thinking about it, I was like, dude, it's a give and take world. What makes my wife feel loved and appreciated the most is those things that I mentioned earlier when I was talking about her, about how she, she stands out strong at the house, keeping it clean, nutritious food, good parenting, like spending time with the kids, um, how she shows up at work, all that stuff. Anything that I can do to help her in any of those areas or all of those areas for her is a display of affection from me. So like some of you guys are going, basically what I just heard you say, Nick, was if you clean the house, your wife feels loved. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I know that that's important to my wife. So when I clean this house, it's not because I'm cleaning the house so she can feel loved. It's because I'm valuing something important to her. And then she feels loved, right? When I take these kids to church and, and from a spiritual aspect, I've, I've got a long way to go from where I used to walk. 2019 was kind of a bear for me. And I don't mind being transparent about that. But when I take these kids to church or when I sit down at the table at night and, and we talk about spiritual things, we talk about moral things, right? Ethics and, and uh, they get influenced in a godly way, in a positive way. That's important to my wife because she wants to raise godly kids that have a sense of morality and ethics in them. 
And she can't do that alone, right? So when I step up to the table as a father, as a husband, as a man, and I engage in that work, because that's what that is. That's work. It's work to come home and clean your house for your wife. It's work to come home and spend time with your kids, influencing them and guiding them on the right path. It's work to sit down and do a budget and manage your finances. It's work to go to the gym every day. It's work, right? But when I do these things that are work, that are important to her, she feels valued as a person because those things are important to her. And you need to know your wife. You need to learn your wife, right? Where do you want to be in your finances? I mean, we can go down the list and pick all of these different things and put benchmarks and ladders in front of you that you need to hit. Unconfident people, they never, they never have any hope that it's going to work out right. They don't believe in themselves or their own capabilities to have a fantastic, robust marriage overflowing with love, intimacy, respect, and compassion. They don't have any hope that their finances will ever change. They don't have any hope that their kids are going to turn out okay. They just cross their fingers. And I said they don't have hope, but they basically cross their fingers and hope for the best, right? That's not us. That's not me. That's not you. Confident, apex-minded people are proactive on the front side and they, they set those goals and those ladders in front of them so that when they hit them, they can see the progress and they can set the next goal, right? And move forward that way. And that's what I want for you. I want to see your confidence on display that way in a way to where you're moving through the ranks in every area of your life. Confident people united with skill will always demand promotion right? Learn your trade, learn your wife, learn your marriage, learn your finances, learn what your hangups are in your finances, get skilled at managing those compartments of your life, right? And once you have skill, and you unite that you marry that with confidence, boom, doors open. I mean, we're moving to next level places places that maybe a couple years ago, we'd never even imagined that we could be. Let me say it again. Confidence united with skill, not perfection, but skill will open doors and will progress you on your journey to becoming a better person. Confident people are trustworthy. I want to talk about, like, again, my wife, stoicism, virtue. They're stoic. They're virtue driven, right? <clears throat> Confident people don't want to live dirty lives, okay? Now, for you guys that have a past where you were involved with drugs and drinking and sleeping around and immorality and perverted things and needles and crime and robbing and stealing and selling dope and all these different things. And I know some of you listening to this are like, whoa, that's not me, you know, like, uh, what market is he trying to approach here with all this for no one for for guys that for guys that don't know guys and gals that don't know what the apex masculinity brand is all about it's foremost and frontline focus is to reach people that used to live the way i did right putting needles in their arm in and out of prison in and out of relationships toxic relationships uh can't manage their money like just just bottom shelf substandard lives. And I don't mind saying that because that was me. That was the life I lived. When you come out of that and you're ready to change things, you're ready to, you're ready and, and you're ready to boost your confidence levels and become this exceptional first-class person. All of that has to go away, right? You can't live a polluted life anymore. I'm not saying you need to embrace this religious view. I'm not saying you need to walk exactly the way I walk. Like, I'm not trying to make carbon copies of myself here. What I'm saying is, as a confident person, you need to pursue a path of virtue and righteousness, right? That's what a stoic person is. They're virtue-driven. A hedonist is pleasure-driven. And that's the, two, that's the two bookends. That's the two opposite ends of the pendulum. And you kind of need to figure out where you are, because I guarantee you there was a time in my life when I was a hedonist and I was absolutely pleasure driven in every way. 
right? The next lay, the next dope fix, the next hustle or crime I could commit to get money to, you know, support my unrighteous lifestyle or whatever. Like that was me at one point in my life. And it took me to prison twice, actually kept me incarcerated from the time I was 12 until the time I was 24 years old, in and out, in and out, in and out. A confident person wants to live their life in a way, as they say, a good conscious. There's no softer pillow than a good conscious conscience. We need to live our lives in a way to where we are above reproach in the sense, not because we're guarding our pride and our ego, but when people throw darts at you, man, they can't stick. That guy's a criminal. No, he's not. He may have used to been, but he's not anymore. That guy's a drug addict. Well, he may have used to been. He, he, he may have had a few relapses on the way, but he's not anymore. That guy's an alcoholic. No, he's not. And his life, the life he lives today proves it. And that guy's been married four times. Yeah, but he's been, he's been married with this lady for five, 10, 15 years, whatever the case may be. That's not him anymore. Like you can't put that jacket on me. You can't put that label on me anymore. When you live a virtuous life, you know that you are living righteous. Like there's nobody coming at you for anything. You're not looking over your shoulder for nothing. You're not robbing people. You're not using people. You're not manipulating people to your own selfish advantages, right? You're actually going above and beyond that and reaching into lives and investing into lives rather than taking all the time, right? It's about honesty and being honest with what real honesty is, right? Some of you are gonna have to think on that for a minute, but sometimes we can stretch things to our own advantage. And I've been guilty of that. I've done things like that where we can justify doing the less right thing. Oh, it wasn't wrong, it was just less right, right? That's not us. And when your virtue is good, and your righteousness is good, you'll sleep well at night, you'll be respected by people, you'll respect yourself. And all that's going to do is boost your confidence and, 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 and feed that monster, that confidence monster inside of you that's just going to help you perform better in life, help you excel better in life, and help you achieve better in life. Moving on. Confidence leads to a better appearance, right? So let's take a minute. And like that song, You're So Vain, <laughs> for some of you older folks, I'm not talking about vanity, right? I'm not talking about a confident person. So every hair's got to be, well, not in my case, as you can see, but every hair's got to be in the right place and the lipstick's got to be the right shade and I got to have the right shoes and all this stuff. And I need people to know that I'm wealthy. Like I need everyone to know that I'm like at the top of my game. It's not about what anybody else thinks. It's about you and how you feel as a confident person. Confident people value themselves, therefore they invest in their appearance, right? Let me give you an example. Man, years and years and years ago, 30, 30 years ago, I was, uh, I mean, it was jeans all ripped up with my Metallica t-shirts, um, scraggly, you know, hair, five-day beard, uh, just looking rough, you know what I mean? Like get up in the morning and like, the first thing on the list wasn't hygiene, wasn't appearance, wasn't getting myself as a human prepped for the day. And it no, it shows, like people notice it, like you notice it and other people notice it. And I was just talking to my wife about this the other day and I was telling her, uh, I, I've mentioned this before on some of the podcast episodes, but like one day, one day and it's coming, I got to get my wife through this master's degree so I can get her set up. But like goals and ambitions and dreams for, you know, relative future for me are to be in sales one day, right? And she's like, why do you want to do that? And I'm like, well, I can communicate well. And it's uh, kind of nice if you get a sales job where there's no cap on the income that you can earn, you know, you're commission based. And the more you sell, the more you make kind of a thing. And it really lets the ambition and the drive that you have within yourself be unchecked. Like there's no the sky's the limit kind of a thing. But I leaned in real close and I told her, I said, and you know why else I want to be in sales? Because I want to wear some like tan khakis and a collared shirt and some cologne and some really nice shoes with a nice watch all day. Like, I don't want to be covered in oil. Like, I totally don't mind that. I love my job. I absolutely love my job and the people that I work with. 
and uh, you know, running Hydrovax and equipment like that in the patch is definitely a dignified job, and and it, and, it, and it pays well. It's a skilled trade for sure, but there's something about looking sharp, right? Like the ZZ Top song, looking sharp. And you know what my wife told me, and uh, it was good advice. She said, you know, you should just dress like that when you get home from work. And I was like, can you even do that? <laughs> like, can I come home from work and put some Dockers on, you know, and a really nice sweater and some nice loafers that kind of like look, they kind of look like shoes with their slippers, but they're super nice and wear a watch for like three or four hours before I have to go to bed and do all this over again. She's like, absolutely. And she says, it's the right decision because it's the one you made. Wow. <laughs> Mind blown. Right. So like, it doesn't happen all the time, but I'll come home from work, man, get all showered up, get the old field off of me. And uh, I'll get dressed nice for the last couple hours of the night. Not like I'm going to a function or I'm not wearing a tie or anything like that, but I'm dressed nice. And I notice for myself that when I dress sharp and when I dress nice, it boosts my self-confidence and my self-esteem in myself. Like I'm not doing it to please other people. I'm doing it to fuel the confidence within myself. Look for opportunities to dress for success. Confident people value their physical health and they invest in it, right? Maybe you've been this person and we all at least we all we all know at least one person like this in our lives where their confidence levels are so shot they don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. They don't exercise either way out on the negative stream man. they're using drugs they're drinking like they don't shower for days at a time like there's people like out there on that spectrum but there's people that i mean they don't dress nice they don't they don't exercise they don't diet man when they're hungry they just go to the fridge and eat whatever like they're 40 pounds overweight or you know like it's and it's uh and i'm not bagging on nobody man because i got my own stuff that i'm dealing with right just like you guys have yours like we're all fighting with our own things here but a confident person realizes that this is a long-term game especially if you're a father or a mother or a parent right and you want to be around to see those kids mature into adulthood you want to have the health to be able to go throw the football with your boy right like you want to be around to walk your daughters across the aisle when they get married you understand that every time you step on that scale as the years go by and there's another two, five, or 10 pounds added to it, it makes you feel less about yourself, right? It makes you feel like you're failing. And, this, and there's obviously biological, physiological reasons for some people to struggle with things more than others. And, uh, you know, but, but for a lot of us, for a lot of us, it's just lack of self-control and impulse, being impulsive. And not caring about ourselves enough to go, you know what? Stop sign. Stop sign. I need to quit eating like that. We need to quit buying that kind of food and putting it in the house. Like my wife is putting a salad plate on the dinner table every night. It doesn't matter what we have. And I like that. I like that I can have a salad with like, um, I appreciate you guys letting me just really be transparent and like talk about my personal life and share these examples with you guys but like every night and, and get real detailed about it you know like you and i are friends and uh there'll be spinach and lettuce and bell peppers and onions and tomatoes and all these different things and uh i had to fight with her about the croutons the other day i said just give me five of them i gotta have that crunch in my salad you know but man i get that salad out of the way man and uh my portion sizes at dinner are less and less now because i'm eating that hefty salad before i eat and uh, you got to be focused, man. You got to want it. You got to know your why, like we talked about in the beginning. You got to know your why, why you're doing this. And you got to start investing in yourself. Now, that seems selfish. I know that. But sometimes you got to work on the car before you can carry people in the car, right? You got to work on yourself. And for some of you guys, I want this to be the year where, and I kind of chased a rabbit trail there talking about how the main group of people I'm trying to reach are the ones that are way out there. But this is applicable across the board. 
Maybe you've never been to prison. Maybe you've never been on drugs or alcohol. Maybe you're not struggling with pornography. Maybe you aren't an, an impulsive eater. Maybe you're not having any problems like that. But when you level up just a notch in these areas, man, it adds to the self-confidence and the self-confidence adds to the power to continue to win. It's like a cyclical thing that you and I go through. When you make these right choices and take care of yourself, dress right, live successful, dress successful, speak successful, eat successful, exercise successful, make decisions, manage your money successful, and you see the results of that, it boosts your confidence in a way to where the confidence transmutates into more energy and more power to make better decisions and set loftier and more ambitious goals that you'll hit that will in turn increase the confidence, which will be transmuted into power and energy to help you level up to the next level. And it's a reality. And I want you to see it that way. And I want you to start winning. Confident people have the ability to control the mind. Where are we at on time here? This Zoom thing doesn't tell me how long we've been doing this. We may have to do three, guys. <clears throat> if we got to do three, we do three, right? Confident people have the ability to control the mind, okay? In the book, Apex Masculinity, Defeat Self-Sabotage, Reclaim True Manhood, I talk about this idea of how unconfident people and people that went through maybe some childhood trauma or child abuse. And when I say child abuse, I'm not necessarily talking about, um, you know, you were beat up or left for dead in a ditch, you know, by your parents. Uh, it could be anything like just the words that people use that were demoralizing, that really just tore down the fabric and the walls of your self-confidence and your self-esteem. And you get to this place where to medicate to medicate that deep-seated pain that you have within you of growing up in, in, in an abusive childhood or in trauma where maybe you lost a parent or, you know, something catastrophic happened or you were, maybe you were sexually assaulted when you were younger, something like that. And it, it damages the neural pathways of the brain. And the neural pathways of the brain are the essential fabric, the foundational fabric that make you the core of who you are. So if the neural pathways in your brain are damaged and skewed, you're going to live damaged and skewed, right? When you begin to rebuild the new neural, new neural pathways in, in your brain that fortify and increase confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, self-image, and self-respect, your trajectory will begin to change. But before that happens, like before the light bulb comes on and we decide to get on the trajectory train to becoming a better person, Oftentimes, our minds are so trashed and so filled with sewage that they just wander profusely. And the mind has a really good way of embellishing negativity, like creating these theatrical plot lines of negativity that are beyond what would ever really happen in life. You know, we start having trouble in our marriage, and then all day, all week, our minds are just racing about how it's, man, it's not going to work out. What are they really up to? Their suspicion, like uh, I should have signed a prenup and all these different things. And you're just, you know, and because you're thinking negatively, the thinking translates into speaking and action. So now we're speaking and acting negatively because our thoughts in our marriage, concerning our marriage and our relationships were negative, left unfettered and unchecked, like a litter of puppies that somehow dug their way under the fence and they now run free across town in all directions, right? Have you ever been there where like your mind's just racing negativity for a long minute and you catch yourself and you're like, whoa, like, what was that? Like, that's not me. Like that would never happen. Like, and even if it did, what does it matter? I would recover and move right on. Like no problem. Like, but we stay stuck in this negativity you go through a financial setback, like I was talking about earlier, you know, I lost my wallet, you know, now I got warrants in Arizona for a ticket from 2001. And they paused my license. So I couldn't work. And, you know, the battery on my truck went out when we got back from vacation and the whole undercarriage of my truck before we went, needed to replace before we went on vacation, and the dryer went out and yada, 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 you know, you know, play the violin or whatever for my sappy 
financial trials that I just went through. But when that begins to happen, as a matter of fact, that did happen. When I was going through that, there was a moment where I was like, okay, am I in one of those seasons where this is not going to end for a long, long time? Like what's the next heartbreaking financial disaster that's coming? Is a furnace going to go out? You know, like, is my wife's truck going to go out? Is there like, because I didn't work for a few days because they paused my license and then we went on vacation for Christmas. There's like three weeks where I didn't work. And man, what if I get back and work is slow because of the weather and we don't end up working and I miss my mortgage pay. I lose my house. I got to move back in with my mother-in-law, you know, like we're, I'm just going to shoot myself. <laughs> I'm totally kidding because my mother-in-law listens to these podcasts and I know she'll get a kick out of that. So she's been there multiple times for us over the years to help us in, in moments where we needed help and different things like that. But the point is, finance, marriage, your kids start acting up and now you're like, oh my gosh, where is this going to go? You know, or whatever the case may be. And if you're not careful and you don't control your mind and you don't control your thoughts, like you have to be the dog catcher, man, and go get those puppies and bring them back to the yard and put them in the yard and barricade the fence so they stay in there. Like you and I have to be the kind of person that instantly recognizes my thoughts are wandering negatively and if I don't put a check on this now, because the neural pathways of the brain, let's take a minute and talk about this. I feel like this would be good for some of you guys to know. So the neural pathways of the brain that make up the core foundation of who you are as a person are developed your entire life. From the minute you come out of the womb, all right, forgive me for this example, but it's like the perfect example that I can create for early childhood neuropathway creation. You're an infant child. You're starving to death, okay? Because you're uncomfortable from being hungry, you start crying, right? Seconds later, someone that you don't know very well picks you up and shoves a warm, rounded breast into your mouth filled with all the life-giving nutrition and nutrient that you, the nutrients that you need to live, right? Gives you a full belly, puts you back to sleep. In that moment, a neural pathway was created in your brain that told you that crying resolved the issue. So now every time you go to experience hunger again, you know that if I cry, I will be fed because the neural pathways are stored in your brain, housed in your memory, and we draw back upon them. And those neural pathways pass information from your memory to the decision-making process of your brain so that you can make the next right move, right? Whether you're an infant child or a grown man or a grown adult. The neural pathways of your brain are developed every time you experience life from any one of what I call the five, five or six biological data collection sites. What you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you taste, touch, emotion is one of them. Also, what you think. Now, people don't really talk about that one. They go, okay, man, like, I smell a fire. I smell smoke. A neural pathway in your brain is created that remembers what the smoke smells like. You stick your head around the corner and you see the building on fire. You see the flames. A neural pathway is created by what you saw. The fire trucks are coming. You hear them. A neural pathway is created through sound right? All of these biological data collection sites on your person absorb this information and create neural pathways. And then the next time there's smoke, you're like, whoa, I know how this is going to end. I'm going to see flames. I'm going to hear sirens. Like you can almost prep in advance, right? What's coming because of what you experienced that's now housed in the neural pathways of your brain. Okay. Chased a long rabbit trail there. So we're talking about controlling the mind. When you think negatively, not just sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, and emotion, but when you think negatively, you are creating neural pathways in your brain that reinforce negative thinking. It's not something you saw, touched, 
felt, heard. It's something you thought in your brain. And every time you have a negative thought, you fire off another neural pathway that connects to another neurotransmitter that's going to pass that information in that system. And the more negative you are in your thinking, the more of those negative neural pathways you're going to create that are filled with more negative, toxic emotion and information. And you are basically taking yourself further into this negative, toxic place by not harnessing your thought life and redirecting those negative thoughts to positive outcomes, right? Now, forgive me for that was a long rabbit trail to get there. I'm not a PhD in psychology, but for the layman, for the common man, that's how that process works. And it's all unseen. It's taking place electrically in your head. That's why when you grew up in a home where you heard often that you're a worthless piece of garbage and you're never going to amount to anything, or you were made to feel that way by people's words and actions, every time it happened, you developed a neural pathway that cemented the idea in your head that you can't succeed and you're not going to win, right? So now as an adult, you are functioning from a place devoid of self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, self-image, and self-respect because someone else developed the neural pathways of your brain to believe that as an absolute fact when in fact it's not, right? So we have to begin the process of capturing those negative thoughts and redirecting them. Some of you guys are like, all right, you've been pounding on this drum for a while here, bro. Why don't you give me some tools to do that? The first one, guys, is just awareness. When you catch yourself wandering in your thought life for any amount of time and realize it's negative, you have to stop and say something similar to that. Wow, that was negative. That's not me. And force yourself to reevaluate how that tragedy could really turn out. Like, sure, okay, I'm aware that this could end, this could end not well. But let's look at it. What if it does? How do I bounce back from this? How would I fix this? And start shifting the thought process from being solution-minded instead of problem-focused. And when your mind starts creating solutions to these theatrical tragedies that you're imagining, you're now no longer thinking about negative tragedies and outcomes. You're now thinking about positive solutions to fix these things that are going on, correct? And I use that just this last month, dealing with all these things that I was dealing with, I started saying, all right, let's get solution focused, right? Let's get solution focused. Anyway, guys, the battery on my PC is fixing to go out. I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen. I love you. And I want you to sleep well at night. And round three is coming soon on self-confidence. Thanks again.